This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder. Renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, Farm Credit Canada outlines five key areas for farmers to watch for 2022. The Saskatchewan Agricultural Hall of Fame announces four new inductees this year, including a former premier. Real Agriculture talks about new rules around truckers and a federal mandate on vaccines. Regina-based Brandt Industries has a booth at the Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. We have an update on last week's cattle markets. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Farm Credit Canada is advising farmers to watch five key trends in the coming year. FCC Chief Economist J.P. Gervais says inflation and interest rates are among the important issues for farmers to watch closely in 2022. I would think of two number one topics, actually. Uh, I would say number one is inflation, right? And the reason why we think about inflation is because of higher interest rates or the possibility to see higher interest rates. Currently, financial markets are expecting an increase in the policy rate of the Bank of Canada of 1.25%. That's roughly five increases of 25 basis points between now and the end of 2022. So I think it's fair to say that short-term interest rates are going to climb. Now, the good news then is that if you look at long-term interest rates, right, if you think of a mortgage, a five-year mortgage, fixed-rate mortgage, um, you're looking at rates that are roughly in line with what rates were prior to the pandemic. So it's not too late for an operation to assess where they're at, assess what kind of risk they're exposed to if they're, you know, having of their using short-term rates in, within their loan portfolio and maybe do a little bit of repricing and see what kind of options are available for them to lock in some of the rates that they have, right, for the money that they borrowed. So I think that's number one. I think inflation pressures are going to continue, so expect higher interest rates in 2022. Uh, another thing would be, arguably, I said, you know, I said I can think of two number ones. I think labor is a major issue, right? It's nothing new prior to the pandemic. We, were, we had labor shortages, but I think now... Uh, we're, we're, we're really at a point where it's either, you know, we can't find the worker that we need, or if we do have the workers that we need, then perhaps we're faced with paying higher wages, right? And that does an influence and impact on the overall profitability of farm operations. So I think that's the number one thing as well to think about in 2022 is what is the labor strategy for your operation? And, and think of, you know, that the competitiveness associated with it, you know, with regards to if uh, there's possibilities to invest in you know automation robotics and whatnot because I, I do think that we're going to be dealing with this issue for a while here this is not going to be resolved if, if even if the pandemic would be uh, would, would end right another issue relates to supply chain bottlenecks that we've experienced in 2021 and 2020 
I do think that we're seeing a few signs that things uh, are probably going to be a little bit easier to work with overall. If you look at global shipping rates, they've been down from the peaks that we were, that we've we've seen in 2021 in the fall of 2021. So I think that's good news. I would say, especially in the second half of 2022, right? We got our own internal infrastructure that we have to rebuild in some cases because of the flooding in BC, for example, and so forth. But if you're looking at the second half of 2022, I do expect a bit of relief there. Then that would be good news as well, thinking of the 22 crop that we're going to have to market at some point. So thinking of the 22 crop, I would say a fort trend to monitor would be the stock to use ratios for the different commodities, right? So in Canada, no secret, our inventories and stocks are really tight. But if you look at the global picture, for some commodities, it's tight. But for some others, it's not as tight, right? So the geopolitical situation is going to have an impact as well on the overall strength of demand for commodities. If you think of conflict between Russia and Ukraine, for example, but uh, and then the overall demand coming out of China as well and the entire the, the overall relationship between China and the U.S. and so forth. So keep an eye on, on stock-to-use ratios, not only in Canada, but as well as globally. You know, right now, all eyes are on the weather in South America and the uh, evolution of moisture over there and whether or not, you know, the size of the cold that they're going to get. But I'd say overall in 2022, that's really one thing to pay attention to in in thinking of our marketing strategy and seeing if we have to reassess anything there. And and finally, I I, I think um, the strength of the demand for meat is is really something to think about as well. The pandemic really shifted our food consumption habits. Reopening of the economies have actually led to a surge in demand for animal proteins. And if we can get fully open the economies across the open coast to coast, and sustain that for, for some time, obviously not knowing exactly what the evolution of the pandemic is going to look like, but nonetheless, if we're able to sustain a reopening of the economy, I do think that's going to be positive for the demand for red meat and, and chicken in general. And I do expect that the global demand, the, the, the external demand that we face when it comes to meat is going to remain strong as well. So overall, I think that if we're able to get past this third wave, uh, and get a control on reopening the economy. I do think that this is going to be the benefit of livestock producers as well as meat processors. J.P. Gervais is the chief economist with Farm Credit Canada, which has a loan portfolio of more than $41 billion. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. The Saskatchewan Agricultural Hall of Fame will induct four new members this year. The announcement was made yesterday afternoon at the Western Canadian Crop Production Show. The chair of the Agriculture Hall of Fame is Regina Area Farmer Reed Andrew. He outlines this year's inductees. Yesterday we announced the uh, 2021 inductees. There's four of them. Um, I'm just going to Rick Holm, Grant Devine, Bill Jameson, and Bob Tyler. Now, of course, Rick is known for his weed control research, development of Clearfield wheat and lentil varieties, and significant effort to transfer his research and knowledge to producers. And Grant Devine, of course, no no stranger in any of us. He championed innovation in science and agriculture in the province, establishing AgWest Bio to lead work for biotechnology, and throughout his career, he positioned agriculture for economic growth. And Bill Jameson, always supporting the growth of cattle market, and provincial econ- economics championed the next generation of leaders through programs such as, such as JGL scholarship and his personal mentorship and development to others. 
Again, Bob Tyler, no stranger to any of us either, referred to the father of value-added pulse processing in Saskatchewan. He's a professor and department head of animal and poultry science at the U of S, and he's frequently called on for passionate educator, agribusiness supporter, and agri-food advocate. So those are the four, and they're going to join the uh, six we announced last year, the 2020 inductees, for one big ceremony on April 9th of 2022. Devine was Premier of Saskatchewan for most of the 1980s. As an agricultural economist, Devine is a big supporter of value-added agriculture, saying it doesn't make sense to ship our crops very long distances for processing. Now think of all the carbon that's going in the air in all those transactions. So if you really want to become more efficient, you want to get the producer closer to the consumer and some of that taking place right here. There's an awful lot of economic things that you can do when you start to add value and look at not only carbon sequestration, but the fact that it's so inefficient in many cases. Bob Tyler is often known as the father of value-added pulse processing. He's been involved in teaching, research, and extension at the University of Saskatchewan, covering crop utilization, protein and starch functionality, food processing, and product development. Being able to see some economic or benefit to people to be at work, it's rewarding, right? Because you can publish 100 papers, you never really know if anybody reads them. You do now because you got all kinds of indices, but what does that matter? So it's not hard to put a lot of effort into what you enjoy doing. Rick Holm is a former director of the Crop Development Centre at the University of Saskatchewan. He helped expand the Pulse Lab and played a key role in the commercialization of Clearfield Wheat and Lentils. Bill Jamison is a founding partner of JGL Livestock. Bill has held many provincial and national leadership positions in the cattle sector and is also mentoring the next generation of leaders. Once again, the four men will be inducted during an April 9th ceremony at the Western Development Museum in Saskatoon. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Welcome to Real Ag Radio and realagriculture.com. I am Lindsay Smith, and joining me now on the line is Marco Baghetto. He is the VP of Communications for the Canadian Trucking Alliance. Welcome to the show, Marco. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. All right. So this uh, this week is a big one for the Canadian trucking industry. Bring us up to speed on where things are at with the uh, federal mandate on vaccines for truckers. Um, well, there's two potentially uh, there's two potential mandates. One is the cross border mandate um, that is scheduled to come into effect on January 15th, and then there is the domestic mandate for federally regulated. Um, employees of which include uh, uh, many, many truck drivers. The mandate for the cross-border drivers on the 15th, from what we understand, um, is going uh, through with full enforcement uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, we have not received official word from the government. Your organization is not necessarily a proponent of this, instead saying you know your your industry has protocols in place let's let's continue with that or what is your organization's position yeah so essentially on the domestic mandate for federal regulated employees there has been an exemption in place uh, up up until this point and that is because the government of canada did previously acknowledge the fact that 
truck drivers are essential workers and um, disrupting the supply chain by removing a certain percentage of truck drivers under the system would be extremely disruptive to the supply chain. Hence, those exemptions were in place. We um, now believe, or there's every indication that those exemptions will be lifted and truck drivers for federally regulated companies um, will not have that exemption and will have to get vaccinated. Then, of course, there's the cross-border mandate, which requires all Canadian truck drivers uh, to be vaccinated to cross back into Canada, which is essentially dovetailing with the U.S. rule anyway. So to comply with the U.S. rule, you would have to be vaccinated to go south of the border. Um, so the the Canadian mandate essentially just uh, mirrors that um, uh, uh, for, for, for truck drivers. Okay. And now, so that so that's just it. Now, that is the federal border. That's the cross border. That's the movement into the U.S. and then, of course, coming home to Canada. Um, now, Correct. what 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 are your estimates, your most current estimate, as far as how many truck drivers this could potentially take off the road, at least in the interim? We're expecting about 10 to 15 percent um, in both instances, cross-border drivers. And uh, and domestic, so potentially up to thirty thousand um, additional drivers uh, for both mandates. Um, you know, somewhere between ten and fifteen for cross border and ten and fifteen for the domestic. That is on top of the nearly twenty thousand drivers the industry was already short before COVID. Those numbers are are you know anecdotally from from our uh, our own data from surveying our own members extensively, but. Really, what they do is they reflect the Canadian average of unvaccinated drivers, right? So we have a very high vaccination rate in the trucking industry overall, which reflects the high vaccination rate among Canadians in general. That being said, when you have a 10 to 15 percent unvaccinated rate in the Canadian population, that is going to be mirrored um, across all sectors, including truck drivers. So what we're essentially saying is, we're already short. We can't afford to lose anybody, even though it's only 10 to 15 percent. Mm-hmm. Now, so and further to that, I suppose, is, is is there a particular sector that could potentially be harder hit as far as logistics go? Yeah, so this is here's the rub, right? So, you know, customers of transportation services have already aggressively been preparing for this and already aggressively securing uh, freight capacity over the last couple months. As you can imagine, those who have um, the ability to secure capacity and secure dedicated freight um, have been doing so. And those who traditionally cannot um, will find it more difficult, will find challenges uh, in getting trucks, and some of them won't have access to trucks at all. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, wind west 20, gusting to 40. The high today, zero. The low, minus 5. Thursday, cloudy, 2 to 4 centimeters of snow tomorrow. Wind southeast, 30. The high, minus 3. Wind chill near minus 11. The low, minus 13. 
Friday, sunny, the high minus 11, the low minus 13. Saturday, partly cloudy and the high zero with a low of minus 6. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 4, the low minus 12. Monday, cloudy, the high minus 7, 30% chance of evening flurries Monday, the low minus 15. Tuesday, cloudy, the high minus 13. Normal high for this date is minus 11, the normal low is minus 23. The sun rose at 8.55 this morning, it sets at 5.18 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is Maple Creek for like the third day in a row at 8 degrees. The cold spot, Stony Rapids, minus 26, that's up north. Estevan is minus 4, Saskatoon minus 3, Swift Current plus 3, Weyburn minus 5, Yorkton minus 1. Scattered cloud in Regina, minus 7, that's 19 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south, southeast at 8, humidity 90%, the barometer falling 101.4. Partly cloudy, Moose Jaw minus 1, Windsor from the west at 17. Once again, Regina, scattered clouds and minus 7, that's 19 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Western Canadian Crop Production Show is the first opportunity in a couple of years that farmers have been able to check out the steel at an agricultural trade show in Saskatchewan. Over that time, companies have been developing new lines of equipment. One example is Regina-based Brandt Agricultural Products. Brandt unveiled its high-performance tillage product in Saskatoon this week. With more on the high-speed disc, this is Scott Lesmeister, Brandt's regional sales manager for Western Canada. It's a very versatile machine and uh, it's very configurable. We've got uh, seven different sizes that you can get it in from 16 feet right up to uh, 45 feet. The one we have at the show here is actually a 21 foot prototype and uh, probably on the smaller side of what you'd see here in Western Canada, but uh, it can be configured in, in a number of different ways. We've got two different disc sizes, 20 inch or 22 inch and three different disc types you can get the U-notch, the fluted, and the smooth disc, and each one does a little different job, and it just allows you to tailor the machine to a specific application. In addition, uh, what other types of equipment do you have here? Yeah, we've got our 1345 U-trough auger, which is garnering a fair bit of interest. Uh, that's reasonably new to Brandt as well, and also a 1552 field belt conveyor. Another new product that uh, Brandt has uh, coming down the, the line, uh, an auger product. Yeah, it's actually a, a new grain cart that we have. Uh, it's a new dual auger series cart that we're introducing. It's a replacement for our DXR line, so it's a new DXT grain cart available up to 2,500 bushels, uh, really designed for that top-level high-acreage producer. And, yeah, we're very excited to introduce that this year. Brandt made a very large acquisition last year, purchasing service equipment. This puts Brandt with 120 full-service equipment dealerships in Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Yeah, I think uh, the purchase or acquisition of service definitely um, 
put everybody on notice. Brandt is an extremely dynamic company and there's no sign of any slowdown of any type. So it'll be a, an interesting another year or so as we incorporate the service retail stores into the Brandt family. What vibe are you getting from farmers heading into this year? We had the bad drought last year. Are we getting optimism or is it maybe a little cautious optimism? What are your feelings from the producers out there? You know, surprisingly, considering the drought that we had in a lot of areas of Western Canada, farmers have maintained a pretty high level of optimism. It's funny, I've been coming to farm shows for decades, actually, and the crop production show has always been sort of a bellwether for what the Western Canadian market is going to be like in the coming year. And uh, from what I've seen so far, the optimism is is pretty high among farmers. Crop prices, commodity prices definitely are staying strong, and that's a big part of it. And, you know, I think crop insurance filled uh, some pretty good gaps this year. So I think guys are looking forward to next year, hoping for some better weather, but with pretty high level of optimism, I would say. And there's a lot of choices for crops to grow. Some years, you know, you're looking for something that doesn't lose you money. This year, you don't have that problem. Yeah, which is kind of a unique position for farmers to be in. They can basically put whatever rotation they want and everything looks like it's going to pencil out to hopefully make money in the coming year. Okay, and of course that's good news for companies like yourself. Absolutely, it's good good news for us. Uh, when farmers have money, they, they spend it and uh, that's, that's what we need. And I think it's good news not only for, for us as an ag manufacturer, but it's good news for everybody in Saskatchewan and everybody in Western Canada. Yeah, a lot of people employed by Brandt and, and other equipment makers. Absolutely, and I think that's something that uh, sometimes gets forgotten about is how critical the ag industry actually is to our economy here in Saskatchewan and, and in Western Canada. Scott Lesmeister is the Western Canada Regional Sales Manager for Brandt Agricultural Products. He spoke yesterday at the Western Canadian Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. There were a few marketings of feeder cattle this past week. Lexi Hicks Maxa with the Livestock Branch says cattle marketings were 3,000 head this past week. Feeder steer prices and the majority of the Sask feeder heifer prices were not reported across the board except for the 800 plus pound weight category for the Sask feeder heifers. So we saw a reported prices of 164.67 per hundred weight for the Sask feeder heifers. Must have been partly because of the cold. Well, I would say so um, as well. Canfax only reported about a total of 3,085 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan this week, uh, which is down from the 11,343 head of cattle marketed during the week ending December 17th. Uh, and is also a little bit lower than the 3,862 head of cattle that we saw marketed during the week ending January 8th of 2021. Are there any prices for market-ready cattle? Yeah, so the price for Alberta fed steer prices saw a decrease this week compared to reported prices we saw on December 17th. Fed steers ended the week at 162.71, which is about a $2.56 decrease from December 17th. 
And then looking over at the call cow market, both the prices for D2 and D3 slaughter cows saw a price decrease from the prices we saw on December 17th. D2 slaughter cows finished the week off at $74.40 per hundred weight, while the D3 slaughter cows finished the week off to average ounce at $65.25 per hundred weight. What factors seem to be influencing the market in the last couple of weeks? Well, over the holiday season, we tend to see a decrease in the amount of cattle going out to market, which would be why most of the weight categories were not reported on. Uh, we did, however, see an increase in barley and corn prices this week, which correlates with the short supply we have been seeing, which is something we will be keeping a close eye on for the rest of the feeding season. Lexi Hicks-Maxa compiles the weekly cattle market report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission and the Winter Cereals Development Commission may soon explore opportunities for a potential amalgamation. The issue was formally presented this week at the Sasquatch Annual General Meeting by John Burns from Winyard, who is the chair of the Winter Cereals Development Commission. The amalgamation, I think, would not only help better utilization of, of uh, the dollars, but also uh, people's time and more opportunity to be present at whatever opportunity to, to put forward. I guess, uh, I think, initial thought was that perhaps winter shows may not have been as uh, strongly advocated in initial stages. I think that has gone by the wayside and with the emphasis, in especially the agronomy, with crop rotations, winter wheat being one of the opportunistic crops we realize in the last several years, too, there's been challenges for winter wheat producers to put in the crop because of late falls, etc. And the other is uh, is a lack of market opportunities. But I think those are perhaps changing, especially now with uh, sustainable crop uh, promotion. The Winter Cereals Development Commission is discussing the idea at its annual general meeting today. The Market Update with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were reflecting downward movement in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell $8.60 at 982.22. One red spring wheat went down four dollars at four seventeen fourteen. The rest were unchanged. Durham seven twenty six eleven. Feed barley three eighty three sixty four. Flax fourteen seventy fifty nine. Lentils nine eighty six fifty. Oats four seventy one fifty three. Yellow peas six thirty two eighty nine. And feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat fell five and a half cents this morning at nine twenty-two and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. And now the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 11th. We had our first regular sale on January 5th. The market was about the same as it was before Christmas. D1 and D2 cows sold from 66 cents to 74 cents. D3 cows sold from 55 cents to 65 cents. Counter cows sold from 45 cents to 55 cents. And good butcher bulls sold from 94 cents to a dollar two. We haven't had a calf sale here yet. Our first one is on the 17th. It is full. I will have the results of that sale next Tuesday. This has been Stephanie Dagg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. 
And now, the latest today's hog prices. Ham sold 7,200 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of 173 to 185 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,000 head, selling in a range of 173 to 185 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are down, selling in the range of 44 to 51 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is up, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is up 46 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2606. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.97 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed midweek, but holding at present levels. The Western Corn Bill is 7 cents lower relative to Monday. National is up 38 cents, while the cutout adjusted base is down 11 cents U.S. 108 relative to the previous day. Cash prices are maintaining an 8 to 15% premium over five-year average benchmarks. Some pressure is starting to surface in the value of the cutout, but not because of low demand per se. Over 4 million pounds of heavy bone-in hams were reportedly sold in the afternoon report yesterday, but because heavy hams are priced lower than the other ham cuts, the net hams value dropped $9.94 a hundredweight, pushing the carcass down $4.83 on the day. There's been a lot of volatility in the ham market recently, so while not guaranteed, a recovery later this week would not be surprising. In the meantime, daily hams are lower than the five-year weekly benchmark for the first time since mid-December. Incidentally, 2021 hams were only lower than the five-year average twice last year, both times in December. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Smart Earth Camelina and Blair's Crop Solutions have reached an agreement to supply the first and only disease-resistant Camelina seed to farmers. Blair's operates full-service farm retail locations in Lanigan, Nokomis, McLean, Liberty, Watrous, and Rosthern. Smart Earth Camelina President Jack Grushko says the development of the herbicide-resistant New Gold Camelina variety is important for oilseed crops available to farmers in Western Canada. The variety took more than a decade of development. New Gold is resistant to flea beetles, blackleg, and black spot. In areas with cleavers and chickweed, the new herbicide-resistant Camelina variety is helpful as it is resistant to modes of action to control Group 13 weeds. Smart Earth Camelina has been operating in Saskatoon since 2005 and says Camelina can be grown on marginal lands with significantly lower inputs than other oilseeds like canola while providing competitive yields. The University of Saskatchewan says researchers have been awarded more than $5.7 million to develop crop-related innovations. The research ranges from plant-based edible 3D printing and packaging to using drones for monitoring crops and soil health. The funding covers 34 projects from 25 university researchers. On the markets, the TSX is up 82 points to 21,357. The Dow has risen 49 points to 36,301. Oil has gained $1.61 to 82.83 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 47 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.99 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. 
Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.